So today's topic relates to, to yesterday's parsha. It relates to next week Hazinu's parsha, and it relates a little to Rosh Hashanah and to Sukkot, and therefore uh, it's oh, it's uh, very timely. We spoke about Bikudim yesterday. So if one takes a look in the works of the Rambam, he writes that there's a number of mitzvahs associated with Bikudim, particularly two positive mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah of uh, hafrosha and Havo, which means to separate the Bikurim and to bring them to the Beis HaMikdosh. And... Besides, for the bringing of the Bikurim, there is also a mitzvah of a drosha that you give. For anyone that is a taiva to speak, so Bikurim is the perfect time. Besides for bringing the Bikurim, you give some, what's called mikro Bikurim, it's a whole drosha. He got it to Yayoim Hashem, I tell today to Hashem that he, I've come to the land, Arami, Oyved, Ovi, etc. And the Rambam counts this as two distinct mitzvahs. is the mitzvah of the bringing the Bikurim and the mitzvah of the words, the drosha, that the sermon, all of a sudden everybody becomes a, a sermon giver. Yeah, Beloshan HaKadosh, yeah. So it was a text. Yeah, yeah. A card. Right. So here's the thing. In Parshish HaZinu, we're going to learn about a mitzvah known as Birchas HaTorah. Before you learn Torah every day, there's a bracha that we make. And the Altarebbe in the Siddur writes how careful one has to be with the bracha and that the Altarebbe holds it's forbidden to learn without making the bracha. Not everyone agrees with that. There are those that hold it's not forbidden, but the Alter Rebbe's of the opinion is forbidden. The truth is that the Vilna Gaon went so far to say the Vilna Gaon holds it's also even to think Torah before you make the bracha. Because you have to make a bracha before you learn, and when you think Torah, you fulfill the mitzvah. The Abish that tells Yeshua to delve into Torah. Shouldn't leave your mouth, but means in your mind. And therefore, since if you wake up in the morning and you think Torah, you're already doing the mitzvah, you have to make a bracha before. The Altrebbe disagrees. Why is it not a maizah? You don't need a maizah. So, in fact, it's a big shayla because some of the Rishonim say that if you wake up in the morning and think Torah, you don't have to make a bracha. Because we have a rule, Hidhur Alav Kedib, where thinking is not like speaking. And the Vilna Gaon and those that support him say, that has absolutely no relevance. When the Eibishter says you have to speak like by Krishna, then you can't think, thinking isn't good enough. But if the mitzvah is not about speaking, it's like learning Torah, thinking, so who cares that thought is not like speech? You don't need speech. You don't need speech. Anyhow, so it's a well-known shit of the Vilna Gaon. And uh, the Altarebbe follows the other opinions. That by thinking now, you're allowed to wake up in the morning and think. But to speak, the Altarebbe cautions and warns us it's forbidden to speak words of Torah before one makes the bracha. Now, is this bracha biblical or is it rabbinic? The bracha of Torah. And you'll see how it relates to Bikurim. Very interesting. So look at number one. We begin in number one. It's a clear gemodim bracha staf chafalaf. Amr Rav Yehuda said, Rav Yehuda, Minayin, how do we know? Lebirchus hamazon lachareh minat Torah. 
benching on food after the eating the food mm-hmm. is biblical because it says, Vachalta, you should eat, Vesavata, you're full of Edachta, and you bench. That's a biblical command. Everyone agrees, Minatoira to bench. Okay, you have to eat and you have to be full. There's certain criteria. If one eats and is not full, they wouldn't have to bench Minatoira. So, too, if one gets full without eating, for example, the, it's intravenously injected into them, they wouldn't have to bench Minatoira either. There has to be the action of the Achalta and the result of the Savata. There's a, there's a well known Shaila of um, Rabbi Kiva Eger. If a kid at the last moment of his uh, 13th year, he has a meal, right? And, he's, and then he's sitting there, he's full, and then he becomes bar mitzvah. So now he's 13. He's full when he's 13, but he ate while he was a kid. Does he have to bench biblically or rabbinically? It's a well-known Rabbi Kiva Eger. Anyhow, brach upon him. What? Ah, there's a long chazanish. It's, it's a big so well, Let's save it for another time, you know. Anyhow, but... But, uh, okay, there's certain criteria that must be met. But once you meet that criteria, it's biblical. Says Rav Yehuda, When you bench on Torah beforehand, that is Minat Torah, how do you know it's biblical to bench before you learn? Because it says in Parshish Hazinah next week, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Moshe tells the Yidin, I will call the name of Hashem, give honor to Hashem. And the simple explanation is Moshe is telling them, when he says, the name of Hashem I will call, that means I will bench Hashem. You guys answer Amen, and then we're going to learn. Okay, the Avudraham gives another pshat. There's another way of learning. Shem Hashem Ekra refers to Torah, because the whole Torah are names of Hashem. So Moshe is saying, before I start mentioning Hashem's name, before I give the shir, because the Torah is Hashem's name, first you guys bench. Which means, actually, that if you're listening to a shir, you have to make a bracha too. According to Avudraham, there's a new halacha. If you hear somebody else speaking, you would have to make a bracha before. The only one for sure. But even the Alter Rebbe, who says you have to speak, the Shailis, if someone else is speaking, right. do I say Shemei Ka'in? It's like you're speaking to the point that it's forbidden to do without making a bracha. Okay, but anyway, it seems to be a black and white piece of Gemara that it's biblical to make a bracha before, uh, before you learn. The funny thing is the Rambam doesn't count it. The Rambam in the 613 mitzvahs, whenever he counts them, he never mentions that there's a biblical command to bench Hashem before you learn. He does count birches hamazen, sure. Benching after food, he says, yeah. But not the bracha before you learn. So it's like the Gemara in number one, he quotes the first half, but not the second half. So number two is the Ramban. The Ramban wrote many, many works. And... Uh, one of them is critique on the Rambam Sefer Hamitzis, where the Rambam writes his opinion of the 613, and the Rambam writes all the Shiroshim, all of the background of how he got his conclusions. So the Ramban has plenty what to say. And at the end of the Rambam's lists of the 248 positive commands, the Ramban writes his opinion of which mitzvahs the Rambam omitted. And in number two, the Ramban says like this. He speaks about the mitzvah of Birches HaTorah. This isn't the whole paragraph. It's about double the size, but I chopped off the first half. When the Ramban talks about the ones he admitted, did he put in his own? Did he switch it around? And yeah, 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 because he also agrees to 613. The Ramban, the truth is, he uh, toys with the idea, maybe there's more than 613. It's one opinion in the end of Gemara Marcus, Rabbi Simoloi, he found the drosha, the 613 mitzvahs. 
But who said that's the final conclusion? Some Rishonim hold there's more. Rabbi Yehuda ibn Bilam, one of the Sephardish who holds is actually more, Lama'isa, more than 613. That's a Bala'am. I don't know, you have to find this Sephardish. That's how it's spelled, Mamash Hazai. Anyhow, but uh, the Ramban toys with such a possibility, but the Ramban's conclusion is no, the 613. The 613. Yes, yeah, so whatever he adds, he has to obviously subtract uh, correspondence. Does he give a number? One? Does he give a number that he holds that more than 613? No, oh, Yehudi ibn Bilam? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember offhand what his. Uh, what is the uh, final number? Number two, so the Ramban says like this. He quotes the Gemara of number one, and he says, What comes out of here is clear. Benching before you learn. And then he quotes Yerushalmi. If you look in the Yerushalmi Gemara from the west, right there, it's Israel's west of Bavel, so it was known as B'nai uh, Ma'arava, the west. Armor, they said like this. Kosov B'tayr, we'll just read it together. Kosov B'tayr, Brachal of It says about Torah you have to bench before. The ain't Kosov B'brachal Acharel, but it doesn't say anywhere that you have to bench after you learn. Ma Kosov B'lufana, what does it say about before? Kishem Hashem Ekra, the same Pasuk as the Bavli, which the simple Pshat was, Moshe says, I'm going to say Hashem's name, I'll bench, you guys answer, Amen, and then we'll learn. Kosov B'mazen says about food, a bracha acharov, but it doesn't say a bracha before. What does it say afterward? The chatvas of verachta, verachta, fine. And then Yishamayu, Menayin, Litanus, Amr, Bazei, Lozei, that the Chachamim came and said, you know what? Let's, uh, let's also bench after you learn, and let's also uh, bench before you eat. There's a famous Levush. Levush says in Simon Memzayin, the laws of Birchus HaTorah, why in the morning, before we learn, we make a few brachas. We make Asher Kedishel Al Divrei Seirah, then Vaharev, then Asher Bachar Bono. Okay, the Deshail of Vaharev and the words before are one bracha or two brachas, because Vaharev starts with the Vav, it sounds like it's one bracha. But even so, you still have at least two brachas every day. Since when do you make two brachas before you do a mitzvah? So the Levush says the first bracha is an after bracha from the learning yesterday. The first bracha is a bracha achroina for the learning you did the last 24 hours. So why don't you make it before you go to sleep? Well, you don't think Torah while you're sleeping? It's almost like you make the Torah, you make the bracha, what do you do until, you, until you fall asleep. But you, you never finish the learning from yesterday till you wake up today. That's what anyhow, but I'll call upon him. Says the Ramban in number two. Miklal zemispor. You know what comes out from all this? Habracha azu is biblical. So why does the Rambam not count it? The Rambam should not count. Maybe the Rambam holds Taka, the Brach is biblical. But it doesn't have its own stance in the 613. Maybe it's under the umbrella of learning. We have many mitzvahs that carry many details. One mitzvah, building the Mishkan. The Rambam holds includes all the Kalim. You can have one mitzvah, as many details. So maybe the same thing over here. There's a mitzvah to learn that for sure that Ramban counts. Maybe part of that is the bracha. Says the Ramban, no. Just like mikra bikurim, the Rambam agrees by bikurim, there's two mitzvahs. One is the bringing of the bikurim. The other is the words that you say. So by learning as well, there should be one mitzvah to learn and one mitzvah of the sermon. The sermon here being the bracha. And the Rambam agrees by Bikurim. We don't make one big challenge. No, we divide it. 
There's what you do, and there's a drasha that you give, and yet by learning, the Rambam doesn't mention, he doesn't count the bracha separately. The Rambam brings another example, there's one mitzvah to eat the carbon Pesach, there's another mitzvah while you're eating the carbon Pesach to tell your kids the story of leaving Mitzrayim. It's done at the same time, but the Rambam holds two different mitzvahs, of course, it's a separate mitzvah. God is a separate mitzvah from Karban Pesach. So why, when it comes to Birchus HaTayra, would the Rambam count it together? So what's the other option? Maybe the Rambam holds, the Brach is only rabbinic. That would be the simple way to go. The simple way to go is the Rambam holds, the Brach before you learn is only the Rabbanon. There are many that learn that either Gemara number one, nah, it's just an Asmachta. The Pasuk in Hazinu, Kishem Hashem Ekra, is not referring to Moshe making a Bracha, it didn't mean that at all. The Chachamim wanted us to make a bracha, and they latched. They uh, pended, they hanged, they were toiler. The mitzvah, they found the pasuk to link it to, to latch it to, known as nasmachto, they found support. Even though it's not the meaning of the pasuk. Why the Chachamim do such things? Okay, so the Svarim speak about why the Chachamim do such things. They wanted that in order should be more serious in the eyes of the people. Etc. There's a well-known ritva. The ritva says in Rosh Hashanah, the way an asmachta works is really the Abishta wanted a certain action to happen. But he didn't want to say it outright. He wanted to leave it up to the Yidin and the Chachom who represent us to pick up the hint. So the ritva says whenever we find an asmachta, the Abishta did have it in mind. But it's not the literal meaning of the pasuk and therefore it's not biblical. But either way, maybe the Rambam subscribes to that view that would be the easiest way to go however the Mabit Ramesha Trani who lived in Tzfas in the 1500s a close acquaintance of Rabbi Yosef Kara they were actually on the Bezdin together and the Mabit's buried in Tzfas on his uh, caver it says uh, Don Yodin because he judged for 54 years for 54 years he was a Dayan he lived a long life, and his famous son, the Maharit, was actually born while he was quite old. <coughs> and uh, the Mabit was big stuff. The Mabit wrote a sefer called Kiryas Sefer on the Rambam. A beautiful sefer. It's a, it's a geschmack to read, and it's, it really enlightens the eyes. And the Mabit, in this context, he says the Rambam agrees the bracha before you learn is biblical. Yes. Why is it not in the 613? It's part of the midst of learning, just like the Ramban suggested. In other words, the Ramban already felt that maybe this is the Rambam's opinion, but the Ramban is a problem. Why is Bikurim different? Why by Pesach and is different? The Mabit says those are questions, but this is the Rambam's stance. It's Takadoi Raisa, but uh, it doesn't get counted on its own. And we want to explain why. What about the Ramban's Kasha from Bikurim? Why Taka is the Bracha before you learn different than the Mikra Bikurim? Okay. When you bring Bikurim, there's also a Chiv. You're saying that now the prohibition is Lav Davka Doiraisa. Even if the Bracha is Doiraisa, does that mean that it's also an actor to learn without the Bracha? You see, because the Alter Rebbe in the Siddur, who cautions us so much, in the Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't clearly write if it's Doiraisa Durabonon. It sounds like. Uh, he could still do the mitzvah. You know, it could the be the Rabbanon, you have to be so cautious, but I could argue even if the bracha is Menatoira, 
it's forbidden. There are many poskim who say that it's minat Torah, but it's a shevach. You're praising Hashem, and if you learn without it, you're not violating it. But you still, you, you, it's incumbent upon you to praise the Ebishter. If you don't, so you do it. You know, you, you're not you're not necessarily being violating a mitzvah say by doing that. Anyhow, so this takes us to a fascinating discussion like this. So we know that before we do a mitzvah, we make a bracha. And the bracha has to be immediate, immediately prior to the mitzvah. You know, you don't make a bracha, and then you take your tefillin out of the case. No, you put it on your hand, you're ready to, to, to tie it, you make the bracha, boom. You make the bracha and boom. By talus, we wrap ourselves with it, right? You make the bracha and boom. In order there shouldn't be um, any hefsik. you want to do it right before. Here's the shayla. You're sitting in the sukkah, first night of sukkahs. The mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah the first night begins at Seisach Just like by Pesach, it's Belayla, Hazet, Layla. Now when it's says, right, so it always depends where you live, but the truth is once the sun sets, we have a period called Bein Moshes, which halachically is Suffolk says, we don't know if it's says or not, 50-50. Until a certain amount of time passes, when it's Vada, it says. Okay. But whatever you do Pesach, you do Sukkot. Which means we're dealing with the Doiraisa. There is a key of the first night Sukkot to go into a Sukkot and have a Kazayis of bread. We compare Sukkot to Pesach because both of them are on the 15th of the month. We make a Gzei Roshav 15-15. Just like the night of Pesach, when it hits night, you have to have a Kazayis of Matzah eaten. So too, the first night sukkahs, it's biblical to be in the sukkah, have a kazais of bread, and eat it in the sukkah. And many were showing him, even if it's raining, different than the rest of sukkahs, fine. So here's the thing. Sense, let's say, is going to be, I don't know, 7.45. At 7.44, you're in the sukkah, you're ready. Everywhere you're ready, you're ready. And you, you want to make a lay shave basukkah. You see, you have 30 seconds till it reaches 740. You have 30 seconds till it says. You're feeling in the mood. You're feeling inspired. So uh, you're going to draw out the bracha leishev basukah. You're starting early. But the moment you finish, it's going to be tzais, and you'll eat your bread and you're good. Can you do that? Can you do that? You want to start the bracha before, but you'll finish at perfect time. You'll finish at perfect time. L'chayra, you're going to do the mitzvah at the right time. The bracha is not levatola because you are chayiv in doing the mitzvah. You need to make a bracha before. Does the bracha need to be done in the time of the mitzvah or not? Yes. Okay, that's the, well, that, that's one, definitely one possibility. So we're going to, so there's a major debate. There's a major debate. There's a major debate, and uh, we're going to explore some fascinating things. Similar to our mitzvah bracha, you that's about benching. That's about vachalta v'savata. By the bar mitzvah boy, the shaila is if he eats while his before he turns thirteen. But when he turns thirteen, he's still full. It could be he has to bench because he has the v'savata. It's a big on this. So here we go. The bnei yisoscher. Reb Tzvi Elimelech of Dinev, a great Chassidic master. In the times of the, the Alter Rebbe, Mitzel Rebbe, Tzemach Sedek, 
uh, a wondrous fellow. By the way, his parents, Nebuch, didn't have kids for a while, miscarriages, you know, horrible things. And finally, his mother's pregnant with him, and she very afraid. So she went to her uncle, Rebeli Melech of Legends, one of the greatest all-time Hasidic masters. And she asked him, Feta, give, Uncle, give me a bracha, the kid's going to be okay. He said, the kid's going to be good, the kid's going to be healthy, the kid's going to enlighten the world on one condition. You name him Eli Melech after me. She thinks, you know, we're Ashkenazim. He's still, she, what, is, what does that mean? Her uncle's going to pass away. She was afraid. Son was born. She was afraid just to call him Eli Melech after her uncle. So she added the name Tzvi. She came to her uncle and her uncle said the famous words, Ahesh is Nishken Kenig. Tzvi is Nishken Melech. He was called Melech. Melech is a king. A deer, a Tzvi is not a king. A Tzvi is not a king. So he said, had you called him Eli Melech, he would have been just like me. You called him Tzvi, so he'll be half like me. <laughs> Anyhow, so, uh, but he was a very great man. In fact, the Rebbe would quote from his forum, even by the Fabrengans, the Bnei Yisoschar. And he wrote a sefer called Derech Pekodecha. And in his sefer, he mentions the following thing. Pesach. First night Pesach, you can't wait to get that matzah in your mouth. You have such a taiva for the matzah, right? So, again, the same thing. It's, he says, let's say it's, a, it's three minutes before it says, and you make the bracha, hamaitzi, alachilas matzah, and you start eating. You started eating before the clock strike uh, says. You didn't realize it was an accident to start a bit early. Then you find out that it's say that, that it, it's only says now. Okay, so you have another kazayas. So you end up eating the requisite amount in the right time. Says the Bnei Soscha, you lose the bracha though. He says, why do you lose the bracha? What, let's say, what time was it say? 7.45. What time do you make the bracha? 7.42. But what did you do between 7.42 and 7.45? You ate matzah, but there's no mitzvah in that matzah. Right. He says the eating of that matzah is a hefzik between the bracha and the matzah you ate at the right time. So he doesn't say the bracha is a problem. He says black and white in the derech pekodecha. It's the matzah of the rishus that you ate in those couple minutes that breaks the bracha. It, inter it, it interferes. It cuts between the bracha and what you made the bracha on. Mashma very clearly, if you would make the bracha at 7.44, and you'd say the bracha, you know, until it reaches safe and you had the matzah, it would be no problem. He says clearly in his, in his uh, scenario, the issue is that you ate non-mitzvah matzah in between the bracha and the correct matzah. Pretty clear, is pretty clear. You make two brachas. Hamaitzin alachilas matzah. Alachilas. Asher kiddushanim is v'sivano. V'sivano. You make it. It's on the mitzvah. It's on the mitzvah. Moshe, we can't hear you here. So that's the, the bnei soska. Pretty clear. I mentioned that there's a Reb Shloime Eger was Rabbi Kiva Eger's great son. Rabbi Shloime Eger was a, a genius like his father. He was originally involved in business. Who is he married to? You mentioned something once about that, no? Yes. Yeah, there's stories of what happened to his business, why he had to leave. And he ended up becoming a Rav in Kalish and then Posen, where his father and his buried 
in Pilsen where his father was, is buried. Reb Shloyma was known as a big misnagit. Ironically, his son, Reb Label, became a chassidic master. We had a whole shir about that time, about the bris, doing the bris later in the day. Reb Shloyma Eger wrote very important footnotes to Shulchan Aruch called Gilyon Maharsha. He was known as the Marsh, not the famous Marsha, it was a couple hundred years before, but he's also Marina Rav Shloyme Eger, Gilion Marsha. And in the laws of Kisui Hadam, so you're a Shoichet, okay, let's face, you make a bracha on Shchitten, you're about to shecht many animals, fine. Let's say, let's say the first animal somebody else did the Kisui of the Dam, right? Certain animals that you shecht, you have to, the oif, certain animals that you shecht, you have to cover the blood. Fine. And there's a bracha that you make, right? By, so by kaporis, we know that uh, you ask the shoichet, because really the one who shechts should be the one to cover the blood. The misha shofach, the one that shechts um, should cover the blood. But the shoichet is Michael, and he gives us by kaporis the opportunity to make the brach and cover the blood. Be'emus, one of the reasons you tip the shoichet is to buy that mitzvah from him. Anyhow, fine. So the shayla is like this. The shoichet is now shechting, let's say shechting a bird, let's say, fine. And uh, this is his, this is, now he's going to do kisri hadam, right? This is going to be his, he's covering the blood. If he makes a bracha on covering the blood and then shechts the bird, He's about to shech the blood. He's so excited about it. He's finally about to cover his, you know, his own blood because the last hundred has been giving away. So he's about to make the bracha on the bracha of Kisi Adam. I mean, he does. He's so excited. He does it before he shechs the bird. Then he shechs the bird. It's all a matter of seconds. The blood comes out. He wants to cover the blood. Says of Shloyme Eger, the bracha is no good. The bracha is no good. You know why? Because he said the words Hashem commanded us on covering the blood. There ain't no blood. He hasn't shechted it yet. He made the bracha before the zman of the mitzvah. Clear. Even though it's a matter of seconds, you can't say the word Fitzivonu when there is currently no mitzvah. Before the zman or because the blood didn't exist yet? That, that, well, that, the idea is since the blood didn't exist, the mitzvah has not yet arrived. The mitzvah has not yet arrived. Oh, oh. No, but the mitzvah, I would maybe say fakert. By matzah, until tzeis comes, there is no mitzvah at all. Covering blood, the mitzvah exists. If you punct would have shechted the bird earlier. On the other hand, you could say matzah is for sure going to come when the clock strikes 7.45. Here, if he doesn't shech the bird, right, you can spin it both ways. You can spin it both ways. The difference of the matzah versus the covering of the blood. Right, like the Bardichiva, they say he made the bracha once and he went into such a dvekus, the time, and he closed his eyes and he opened his eyes. The animal had gone. The animal had gone. You know? <laughs> but Shloim Eger, although we're talking about a matter of seconds, right? Shech the bird, mamash seconds. <coughs> but since at the moment he made the bracha, the mitzvah did not yet exist. So it's not because of a hefsik. No, it's not a hefsik. Not a hefsik. The Baal Hafla, Repinchas Baal Hafla, who was a great Hasidic master, he was a, one of the most brilliant scholars in the times of the, the friend of the Alter Rebbe. He was older, he was about 15 years older than the Alter Rebbe, mm-hmm. but he was by the Magad of Mizrich, Repinchas Horowitz was his name. He and his famous brother, the Shmelk of Nikolsburg, incredible, incredible scholars. 
And uh, when, when actually, when they were famous before they came to Mizrich, when they came to Mizrich, it was a big ruckus in the Misnagdisha community. They had, oh, the Chassidim caught two big fish. And then with the Magis Brachas, they ended up moving uh, westward. And Pinchas went to Frankfurt, became the Rav in Frankfurt, the main. And Shmelka went to Nicholsburg. Repinchas, there's a well-known story how he came to Frankfurt. Frankfurt needed Rabbonim, but almost everyone was blacklisted because of the Ged of Cleves. The Baal HaFloh, miraculously, wasn't blacklisted. Although at the time he was asked to get involved, but when he wrote the letters against the Frankfurt Besden's Psak, the ink kept spilling. And therefore he never ended up sending his letter. And Ashkocha Protest, he was later there accepted. As, when, when, when he sent his resume, they did an investigation. What did he say about the Ged of Cleves? They found nothing, they let him come. And uh, it's interesting because when he came to Frankfurt, he was, the fact that he was a chassid was almost, didn't, didn't play a role. The Chassam Seifer, who was one of his main students, writes in a famous letter, I never heard my teacher mention the Zayar. I never heard my teacher mention the Zayar. The Aflor never mentioned the Zayar. We know the Aflor, the Davind Nusach Sfar, he Davind the Chassidish Nusach. So how he pulled that off in his shul, which was the Ashkenazi Nusach, there's different theories. Some say Davan, I don't know. However, but we know he Davan Nusach Sfar, but Mamish, the Chassidic, uh, his Chassidic way of life was, uh, was majorly, it was a secret. Almost undetectable. He should have learned that, yeah. The, yeah, sure, sure. No, so in his Sefer, he has a Sefer on Chumash called Ponim Yafis. Apparently, and I'm not saying this, this comes from Reb Chaim Tzanzer, one of the great Chassidic Rebbe's in the times of the Tzemach Tzedek. Reb Chaim Tzanzer said that in Ponim Yafis, Reb Pinchas quoted from the Magid, I don't know extensively, but uh, the Magid was definitely mentioned numerous times in Ponim Yafis. You open today, you won't find it at all. It's because those that, that printed it mm. removed any trace of Chassidus from the Sefer. Apparently, I didn't see this, but apparently, Ken, Ken, Apparently, the funny thing is that our Margolis guy that was was actually involved in the printing. So, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't know if he was. Uh, no, it could be he just involved in the printing, but it was the person that arranged the copies. That's it. Um, Oh, so, so back to the Baal HaFloh. Yeah. So I'll tell you, the Baal HaFloh was actually very close with the Alt Rebbe earlier on. When the Alt Rebbe started writing the Shulchan Aruch, he would show it all to the Pinchas and his brother, the Shmelke. The Alt Rebbe wrote a letter to him after uh, the Yutis Kislev saga, after Alt Rebbe was freed from jail. The Alt Rebbe wrote letters to a few of his comrades, to the Barditshevet, to the Baruch of Mezhebush, and also to the Baal HaFloh. We have the letter, a beautiful letter. And the Alt-Rebbe tells him that when we were Ms. Rich used to bench me every Shabbos, I'm asking you to bench me again. A beautiful thing. The, although there is, there is a mention in the Sikh of the Friedrich Rebbe that uh, the Alt-Rebbe had some run-ins with the Balafla, but either way, it's not, uh, not important for now. The point is the Balafla in his safe eponymy office, Parshas Achreimus, where it speaks about covering blood, he says the same story as the Shloyme Eger. The guy, he shechts the bird. I'm sorry, he makes the bracha to cover the blood out of excitement. Then he shechts the bird. Even though it's just a matter of seconds, the bracha is out. You know why? 
Because the shechita is mafsik. The shechita is afsik. You make a brach on covering the blood, and then you're busy doing a, a somewhat non-related act. Not related enough. Not related enough, and therefore it's a hefsik. Reb Shloyme says the issue is he can't say vitzivano, there's no mitzvah. The Balfour says that's not the problem. The problem is the shechita is a hefsik. Which would almost mean perhaps they may debate if it's not the shechit covering the blood, it's somebody else. If it's, a, the, if it's somebody else, let's say you're so excited in Kaparis and you make the bracha before the shechit shechts, according to the Shloyme Meager, the bracha's out. You can't say Vitzivano, there's no blood. According to the Balafla, Lavdavka, the shechit shechit is a hefsik for me. You'd have to look into that. It could be, there's room to say not because you're not doing anything. So it could be there's a nafkamin of the two opinions. But there's a much bigger nafkamin of the two opinions. According to the Balafal, he wasn't bothered the fact that the brach is done too early. It's what do you do in between? It's like the Bnei Soscher about eating the matzah too early. According to the Balafal, then, there's no, there's no problem of making the brach a moment early as long as there's no hefsik. So if it's 30 seconds before it says on the night of Sukkot and you already want to start making the brach, it would be okay according to him. So hot It seems like there's a debate here between the Paiskim. Okay, now we come to number three. Number three is the Trumas Hadeshen. Rabbi Yisrael Isalan, he passed away in the 1400s in, um, in, in the or Big Rav in, uh, in Germany area. And he says like this. <clears throat> He's talking about Pidyan Aben. Okay, this is a, a well-known tshuva. Um, a kid's born... We know Pidyin Ben is done on day number 31 in order to make sure 30 full days has passed, have passed. On day 31, you do the Pidyin Ben. And if the coin's allowed to keep the money or he has to give back the money, we already spoke about it, we already shook that boat. We already rocked that boat. Now, what if day number 31 is Shabbos, right? The kid's born on a Thursday. So four weeks later, Thursday is day 29, Friday is day 30, Shabbos is day 31. We don't do a pidyon ben on Shabbos. That's a, that's halacha because it's similar to to commerce, to Mecca chomemker. And even if you don't give money, even if you give uh, the equivalent of money, it's still considered commerce, right? Because you tell the kayan, you know, you have a you have a exchange with the kayan. You you want the kid, you want the money. It's mamish a business transaction. And we don't do any business on Shabbos. Zayir, you might write, but either way, you don't do it on Shabbos. So what do you do? You wait till Sunday. So the Trumas Hadeshen wants to know. Again, he's writing this six hundred years ago. Why can't you give the money Friday, right before Shabbos? Now, it's early. Okay. But there's a, there's a well-known debate, Rav and Shmuel and Masechet Bechairis. You know, you have to wait until 30 days are up to redeem your kid. After day 30. If you give the money within 30 days, it works if you tell the coin, I'm giving you the money now. But I want the pigeon to take effect at the right time. Now, come the right time, it'll work. But what if the money was already spent? So it's a debate, Rav and Shmuel. Rav holds either way, it's good. Shmuel says, no, the money has to be extent. Okay? Wait a minute, you mean spent by the Cohen? Yes, what do you think he does with the money? He needs it. He needs it. Um, but if the money is extant, everyone agrees that you can give the money early in order that it should take effect at the right time. Okay. They can put it in a trust, no? Yeah, well, yeah. 
So, oh, so give it right before Shabbos in order... So you can't spend it. <laughs> give it right before Shabbos. No, the point is because you can't give it on Shabbos. Give it on Friday in order that it should take effect on Shabbos. Like, why can't we do that? And why wait till Sunday, which is postponing a mitzvah, get it done in the right time? We always like to, you know, you do a mitzvah, you do it right. You do it all the way. Give it early. So the Truman Zesh is a whole letter explaining why you can't do that. And it's very interesting. His main issue is when you're going to have the meal. It's the funniest thing. His main issue is there needs to be a Suda. And the Suda is so important when you're going to do it. He said, if you give it Friday for it to take effect on Shabbos, you can't make the meal on Friday. Nothing's happened. Right? The mitzvah hasn't, it's too early. Make the Suda on Shabbos. You're not doing anything. No one's going to know what the Suda is for. So since the Suda is not going to work, you've got to wait till Sunday. That's one problem. But... What? No, no, you're giving the money on Friday. No, no, but that not doing anything. No, that, that should be okay. In fact, I, every year on Hey Tavis, if it ever falls out in Shabbos, we have this dilemma. Because you want to buy Saram and Hey Tavis, right? So if you pay for it on Friday in order for it to be Chal on Shabbos. <laughs> Anyhow. But uh, the Truma Sadeshin says one issue is the meal. But he says the other issue is the bracha. The bracha. When you give the money Friday afternoon, how could you make the bracha? There's no mitzvah right now. Okay. There's no mitzvah right now. It's too early. It's too early. Look what he says in number three. The kiv on the kaim along kishmul. We, there's a big debate who we hold like Rav or Shmuel if the money was spent by the koyin. Rav says it's okay. Shmuel says no. If you give it early and then when the time comes the money is no longer extant, it doesn't work. Now who do we paskin like? Oh, so there's major opinions on both sides. But said the Trumah he believes we paskin like Shmuel. In Cain, if you give the money on Friday, you don't even know if come Shabbos it'll work because maybe the last second before Shabbos the guy's going to lose the money or spend the money, right? There's a casino behind him. Who knows where the coin's going? That coin's not going to go there. But who knows? Maybe the money will disappear. Maybe it's a note and the kid's going to tear. He has a baby. He's going to tear it up. In other words, according to Shmuel, that if you give it early, in order for it to work, when the time comes, the money's extant. You never know until the time comes. Till then, there's always the possibility the money will disappear. The, the children, the kinderlach, the babies. No ko- <laughs> the koyan lives off this stuff. Okay? You expect the koyan not to, not to spend it? This is what he lives off. Okay. It's the bechur who thinks the money is really his. The bechur is going to come through the window and take the girl. And in Cain, Akati Enopadi says, you're not redeemed. The Shema is Achlama, you know what it's going to be. According to Shmuel, until the time comes and the money's there, you don't know, it's always a Shiloh. So, how could you make a Sud on Friday, Lefarsim HaMitzvah? If you make the Sud on Friday, you don't even know if the money you gave is even going to affect the Pidyan. But you can't make a meal on Friday. Maybe you'll make the meal on Shabbos. So, okay, you'll wait till Friday, you'll wait till Shabbos, you'll walk to the Kayin's house. If you see the money's there, then, okay, big Kiddush today. He says, no, who tells you us? No one's going to know why you're making your meal because nothing's happening because they don't see the pidyon, the meal. So the, the meal is a big thing. You see from here, the sud of the pidyon aben is yeah. critical that you're going to play with the mitzvah. You're going to push off the mitzvah just a, a day. It's not like by bris, you push it off a little bit later. You're pushing off another day. There's a major discussion in the poskim by Pidyon Aben, if pushing it off a day is like Mitzvah Miller pushing it off a day. Is it as serious or not? And there's a big discussion about it. But Al-Kopanim, 
V'su, he says further, Heyach yasim abrachs, what are you going to do with the bracha? Birchus pidin ben, you make a shechiyano. How are you going to make the bracha on Friday? Im yivarach be'erev Shabbos, when you give the money, akati ein b'noi padu l'deshmu. According to Shmuel, you don't even know if the kid is eventually will be redeemed because you don't know if the guy is going to still have the money. How can you make a bracha? Even according to Rav, according to Rav though, once you give the money, it's inevitable, right? I don't care if the coin spends it. It's for sure going to happen. He says, yeah, it's going to happen. But still in the future. Akati, you're not chayv to redeem him. How could you say v'tzivonu? How could you make the bracha v'tzivonu when you're not chayv yet? He said the plukt of Rav and Shmuel is only after the fact. Uh, if he's redeemed or not, but they both agree that until the time comes, you haven't fulfilled mm-hmm. the mitzvah. Rav holds it's inevitable. Okay, but you have to wait till it happens. And then he says, well, Shabbos, now maybe make a bracha on Shabbos. No, ain't roi You're not doing anything on Shabbos. It's only memela that the son is redeemed when Shabbos enters, as long as the money's still extant, according to Shmuel. Fine. So what's the Trumas Adesh saying? Why can't you make the bracha on Friday? How could you say Vitsivano? There's no mitzvah yet. Now, I would have said, yeah, because on Friday, when you make the brach and you give the money, the action of the giving the money itself is not a mitzvah. So the brach is no good because the action you're doing is nishkin mitzvah. But if you're making a brach 30 seconds before tzeseh kechavim, when as soon as you finish the brach, the action will be a mitzvah, it would be different. That's what I, w- like, I would have said this is irrelevant. This is talking about when the action you're doing after the brach is still too early. Saying that you should do this whole transaction. No, no, no. What I'm saying is from what you see from the Truman Sadeshan is that making the bracha right before Shabbos is no good. But maybe the reason is because when you follow the bracha with the giving, the giving is still too early. So you can't say Vitsivano when the act you're going to do is still not a mitzvah. But if the act you're doing is a full fledged mitzvah, like 30 seconds before nightfall, you make a bracha on eating matzah. And the moment you finish the bracha, it is the zman tit matzah, I would say is different. That's what I would say until I came to the Alter Rebbe, number four. This is a kuntras achron and hilchas pesach. Um, and the Alter Rebbe mamash blows us away. Somebody didn't make a bracha by beer chametz. You didn't make a bracha. You forgot. You forgot. You only remember after you checked your whole house. All right, what do you do? So the shail is maybe the next morning you can make the bracha al beer chametz when you burn the chametz. So the Altrebbe says like this, Mina Torah, you have to burn the chametz, chatzois, the beginning of the seventh hour. Okay? The chachamim brought it an hour earlier, the beginning of the sixth hour. We do it though at the end of the fifth. It's the minute, because we want to make sure we do it before the zman even begins. So says Altrebbe that Avoluminageno, number four, according to our custom, that we burn in the end of the fifth hour, like you see later on. The guy that forgot to bench the night before, how could he bench in the morning when he's burning the chametz? He's not doing a mitzvah. It's too early. You're benching because of a custom. It's not the it's not the obligated time. It's from the beginning of the seventh hour, right after Chatzos, twelve oh one. Let's say Chachamim bring it an hour earlier, eleven oh one. We're doing it at ten forty five, the end of the fifth hour. He says you're not doing a mitzvah. It's like you're benching in the middle of the year. It's it's too early. Then he continued. What middle of the day? Middle of the year. It's like a random day. It's like a random day. And he says the Rosh writes it clearly. 
But he says like this. Now the Rosh, he said, El Dada throw this in the Rosh holds, Mishigia Sheva The Rosh holds that the Loisase of not owning Chomets begins on Erev Pesach, middle of the day. And it goes for seven and a half days. We're not so strict. We hold that, the Halacha holds that the Balyira, Bayimot, not only, only begins at night. What begins by day is the positive command of Tashpiso, of destroying. The Rosh, though, is much more strict. The Rosh holds Balyira, Bayimotza, biblically starts from the middle of the day. Umishigi Asheish, and an hour earlier, it's over Bayimotza, So according to the Rosh, you really have to do it at the end of the fifth. Because if you wait to the beginning of the sixth, you're already violating a biblical prohibition of Balyira. In Cain, Minadin, logically, you should burn at the end of the fifth. You have to. In order, you shouldn't transgress owning it when the sixth begins. And even though the rush is so severe, nevertheless, he says, don't bench on it. For sure, according to us, that we hold you not over by your rod till nighttime, what there is by day is only the positive command of Tashbisu, which begins in the beginning of the seventh. Okay, the Chom brought that an hour earlier to the beginning of the sixth, but you can worry about it when that time comes, when it reaches 11.01. Why are you doing it at 10.45? When the seventh hour begins, it's a mitzvah to be involved biblically. An hour earlier. In the end of the fifth, there's no mitzvah. How could you bench? Says Al-Tarebbe, if someone goes on a journey within 30 days before Pesach, you have to check your house. And yet you don't bench. Why? Because it's not the Zman beer for the majority of the world. So for sure, if you're burning before six, where it's not as man beer for anybody, if you're leaving your house within 30 days, Chachom necessitated to check. But since it's not as man for regular people, you don't make a bracha. For sure, Erev Pesach, if it's not even the sixth hour, where it's only a minig, there's no, the Chachom don't necessitate it for anybody, even, loy ba'a, even for you yourself, it's not as man, it's just a custom. And then he says, V'doichik l'chalik, between a shomu etes l'shoas harbe, maybe you'll say, okay, erev Pesach eight in the morning, no bracha, but ten forty-five, yeah, because it's mamish encroaching this man. No, then where do you draw the line? But there, uh, at this point, I would say, fine. You know what Altsev is saying? Do you know why you can't bench at ten forty-five in the morning? Because when you burn it at ten forty-six, you're not doing a mitzvah, like the case of the truma sadeshin. When you make the bracha and you give the money before Shabbos. But here comes the Alter Rebbe throws in a whopper. In addition, call The Chomim always made the following measurement: even a moment before the time of benching, im If you make a brachas if the time of the mitzvah hasn't come, you can't make vitzivano. It could be he got it from the Truma Sadeshin in number three. But I'll say, wait a second. Maybe the Truma Sadeshin is saying you can't make a bracha Friday afternoon because the action you follow the bracha with is not a mitzvah. But here the Alt-Rebbe seems to be extrapolating that bachlal, you could never make a bracha before the zman of the mitzvah begins. That's what he says. Now, he didn't have to say that to reach his conclusion. The Alt-Rebbe's conclusion of not benching at 10.45 in the morning makes sense because when you burn it 30 seconds after your bracha, you're still not doing a mitzvah. You can't say vitzivano. But the Alt-Rebbe at the end seems to extrapolate. He makes the klal much bigger. He says, pretty, he says very clear. If the zman ha-mitzvah has not come, you can't make vitzivano. Even if the moment you finish the mitzvah, 
the Zman will come, like the cases we began our share with. So Altarebbe's stance on it is pretty clear. Charles, where did he get it from? It seems like this idea of Vitzivonu might come from the Trumas Deshen in number three, but it could be the Trumas Deshen was only bothered. You can't say Vitzivonu if the action that you're going to do is not a mitzvah. The Altarebbe apparently understood that's not what the Trumas Deshen meant. Okay. So you see it's a debate. Okay, you have the Altarebbe going uh, with Reb Shloim Eger. On the other side, we saw you have Reb Pinchas Balaflor. And you have the Bnei Yisoscher. I will tell you just about Sukkot, there's a clear mocker in the Bikure Yaakov. Rabbi Yankov um, Etlinger, he was a great, great uh, scholar in Germany. He had a big yeshiva, which actually learned the Mudechoyl and everything. And uh, he was a whopping scholar. And he wrote a sefer called Bikure Yaakov on the, on, on the laws of Sukkot. And... In it, he speaks about a case that somebody made a bracha leishiv basuka and ate his bread. Uh, mistakenly, it was too early. Then he looks at the clock, he realizes a bit early. And he says that if the bracha and the eating was done before tzais, it's all out. The bracha has to be done by tzais. It's pretty clear that he holds even the bracha has to be done by tzais itself. <laughs> Anyhow, that's one of the rise people quote. That means he would also be on the camp of the Altareb and Shloim Eger itself. What does this debate boil down to? So I'm going to tell you, it could boil down to one of two different things. One of them is a child that Rabbi Yosef Engel has in number five. Rabbi Yosef Engel, the great, uh, the great incredibly uh, brilliant scholar, and if Rabbi uh, Tadabom was here, we would mention that his father used to stroll in Vienna as a bocher. Rabbi Yosef Engel passed away in 1920. In the times of the Rebbe Rashab, and he wrote incredible, incredible sfarim. And in number five, he writes like this: Sofik, but I have a question. In mitzvahs hanoigus bismanim miyuchod, a mitzvah which is at a certain time, is kol ikur chiv shalehem hurach bishaz mana mitzvah. Sukkus on sukkus, are you only chayiv to eat in a sukkah on sukkus? In other words, once sukkus comes, a chiv begins. Once sukkus comes, there's a mitzvah to shake lulav and esrog. Once Rosh Hashanah comes, there's a chiv to hear Shafer. Or maybe not. Maybe your entire life, you have a chiv on your head that when Rosh Hashanah comes, you have to blow Shafer. How do you look at it? Does the chiv only begin when the time of fulfillment arrives? Or the chiv is a whole year? The time of fulfillment will come when it comes. So he says like this. A mitzvah which is noyeg at certain times is called ikr chiv shalahem, rak bishaz mana mitzvah. Is the time of fulfillment the only time you're obligated? The chiv is chal on the person only on sukkahs. The kaidimlze, we're number five, the fourth line. And before then, ain't no love inyan chiv at all. Or maybe not. Maybe from the day you turn bar mitzvah, the chiv is mutul love to take a lulav and to sit in a sukkah when the time comes. The ain't shum chiluk between before this man or during this man. Except for the fact that you're able to fulfill it, the kiyum bepoyel, hakim, the fulfillment is rak b'seichazman. But the obligation could be consistent, and he says oh, many differences. One of them is: could you wake up? Could, could you wake up on Rosh Hashanah and say, "Hey, I don't have a shofar." Right. I don't have a shofar. Right. You have to biblically. You have to prepare for mitzvahs before. Rabbi Yosef Engel goes on to bring many, many rice in both directions. 
You know, like, if, are you allowed to do something before Shabbos which will inevitably lead you to have to break Shabbos to save yourself? Are you allowed to, you know, going to war close to Shabbos or going on a ship before Shabbos? If Shabbos hasn't started yet, I'm doing what I'm doing. When Shabbos comes, I'll be in a sakana, I'll save myself. Or do we say that already now you're obligated to keep Shabbos and therefore you need to uh, forewarn that you shouldn't come to such a circumstance? And there's many other nafkuminas. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, now wait a second though, wait a second. So how would you ever have a mitzvah which is bound by time? If you take the second side of the coin, the chiv is consistent, how could you have a mitzvah bound? So he says, Since you can only fulfill it at certain times, it's called mitzvah's manias, it's bound by time. Mitzvah bound by time. Because they're different to other mitzvahs, so you can always fulfill. It could be the obligation, there's no, it could be, maybe there's no difference before this man, within the time, fine. That's Rabbi Yosef Engel's Shaila, and the Rebbe addresses his Shaila as well in some Sikhs. So what I would tell you off the bat is very simple. If you take the second side, that the moment you're bar mitzvah, you are always chayiv, that comes sukkah, you sit in the sukkahs. You are chayiv now, that within two weeks, you're going to be listening to a shofar in Rosh Hashanah. So then, a second before Tzai you can make a bracha. Because I am commanded. I am commanded. Because the Chiv is kind. Now, to make a bracha six hours before, it's not going to work. It's too early. You're going to be mafsik. But if it's a second before, what's the problem with the word Vitzivano? What's the Altareb and the, and the, the problem with the word Vitzivano? There is a Chiv. There is a Chiv. But if you take the first side of Yosef Engel's Chakira, that the Chiv only begins when the time of fulfillment begins, then a second before it says, you don't have a Chiv, you can't say Vitzivano. It would be very interesting to say that it depends on this Chakira of Yosef Engel. But it could be it depends on a different Shiloh, which is Bechlau, the Inyan of a Bracha. What is the purpose of a Bracha? There's two ways of explaining. One way is the Chachonim added something to each mitzvah. The mitzvah, a biblical mitzvah, is an action. The Chachonim, they added, they expanded the mitzvah. They added a, a tale to the mitzvah. Make a brach as well. In order that you don't just do a maise, you should have speech as well. Or even if the mitzvah is speech, you know, the Chachonim, they added a brach. It, it's an extension of the mitzvah. Another option is no. It's about the person. It's about the person preparing themselves for the mitzvah. It's nothing to do with the mitzvah. Make it's a din on the gavra. Yeah, make, that, it, make it intentional. Ex- oh, good, yeah. Exactly, it's to prepare the person for the mitzvah. Now, I'll bring a raya to both ways. Number six is a famous ritva in Psachim. The Gemara there has a long discussion about when you make a bracha, le or al. You know, we once discussed in one of the shiurim, you know, so many mitzvahs, and many of them have debates, you know, al achilles matzah, the Ramban and the Ran hold is lechol matzah, that there ends up being many machleks and amongst the places. The ritzvah, though, in that whole discussion, he says the following, you know, by, you know why b'chal you make a mitzvah? I'm uh, sorry, why you make a bracha? The tamzesh amru chazal, what's the reason that the rabbi said, levorech ala mitzvahs to make a bracha over the before you fulfill them? The person should be sanctified through the bracha. The he should make known the idea. 
I'm doing It's like you said to be intentional. When you make a bracha, Hashem commanded me. It's in order that you do the bracha knowing it's a mitzvah. You know, if someone does, you do the mitzvah knowing it's a mitzvah. If someone does a mitzvah without realizing they're doing a mitzvah, without any kavana, there's a major debate in Gemara for Yitzah. It's a debate in the Poskim as well. The Alter Rebbe follows the opinion that it's a biblical necessitation. If you don't have in mind that you're doing the mitzvah, the action doesn't count biblically. So therefore the Chachobim said, we have a good piece of advice. Make a bracha before. Announce that Hashem command me to do this, and therefore when you do it, you know, you're having the intention. And the so truth is... Come, sorry, so that comes back to the debate of two minutes before with the matzah. Ah. Oh, exactly, exactly, yeah, 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 sure. He continues, in addition, another answer. Habrochus are ma'avoides ha-nefesh. Habrochus is the service of the soul. V'roi lahaktim ma'avoides ha-nefesh l'mayla shehi avoides ha-guf. The mitzvah is the avoid of the body, the action, the speech. The bracha is avoid of the soul. Even though it's also speech, but it's all about the Eibishter, Kenevitzivanu, Asher Kiddishanu, the Atzebarach and Tanya, all these are huge things. And uh, the bracha needs to come first because the bracha is a, a service of the soul and it comes before the, the service of the body. I would say according to the Ritva, the bracha is almost about the perfection of man. So then it would logically make sense. If it's 30 seconds before it says, you can make the bracha. It's not an extension of the mitzvah that it needs to be in this man of the mitzvah. So then I would hear what Repinchitz Balafloh says. I would hear what the Bnei Soscher say, that uh, if you would make the bracha right before this man, you go right into it, it would work. But there's another perspective. It could be the bracha is an extension of the mitzvah. How do I know that? I know it from number seven. It's a Gemara in bracha's daft tesvav. It says the following. If someone reads Shema, he mouthed the words, couldn't hear it himself. Your Yaitza. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yaisi, you're not Yaitza. Now, according to Rabbi Yaisi, if you're in a very loud room and you're screaming and you still can't hear you're not Yaitza. Uh, no, not. Rabbi Yaisi is talking about if you say it in such a way that you can't hear it yourself, you say it so low, you mouth the words, it doesn't count. L'chair, if you're in a very loud room, you're at a concert and you can't hear, L'chair, he would be murdered, but there is a bit of a discussion about that. But either way, says the Gemara, Ad kan Do you know why Rabbi Yaisi says you're not Yaisi by Shema? El Krishma, because it's Doiraisa. Kriyashma is Doiraisa, and he says, Shema Yisrael, you actually have to hear. So if you don't hear, you blew it. You didn't do the, you didn't do the mitzvah. Avol Truma, the case of Truma, if somebody separates Truma without making a bracha, there's a bracha you make before you separate Truma. What would happen if you don't make a bracha before you separate Truma? Or let's say, oh, no, you made the bracha, you can't hear yourself. A cherish. Let's say uh, you made the bracha, but you can't hear. What would Rabbi Yossi say over there? If you have a deaf person separating truma and he can't hear his own bracha, so what's the issue there? It's a bracha. Bracha is only rabbinic. It's not going to affect the truma. In other words, when it comes to Krishma, you biblically have to say the Shema and you have to hear it. And if you don't, you blew it. But by separating truma, if the guy's deaf and he doesn't hear his own bracha, find the bracha's out. But the truma is still good. 
Why? Because since the brach is the Rabbanon, therefore the separation of the truma does not depend on the bracha. So even though the bracha is no good because he couldn't hear it, but the separating of the truma still takes effect. Hold on, hold on. The Pnei Yeshua, Rabbi Kiva Eger, and before them the Rosh, they all discuss, wait a second, and if the bracha would be biblical, why couldn't the Gemara still say the same, the same distinction? Even if the bracha is biblical, you could separate between the bracha and the separating of the truma. Even if the bracha is biblical, we should still say, fine, the guy blew the bracha because he couldn't hear it. But still, the separating of the truma is good. Says the Rosh, says Rabbi Kivager, no. If the bracha would be minatoira, it would be part of the separating of the truma. And if you blew the bracha, then the whole truma wouldn't take effect. It's only because it's the Rabbanon, therefore it doesn't affect Mamash the Mitzvah in Torah. But had it been Doiraisa, it would have been part of the Mitzvah alone. Fascinating. So here you see an idea that if Menatoya would have to bench, would Mamash be part of the Mitzvah itself of separating Truma? And if, you, if he blew the Bracha because he couldn't hear it, he's deaf, and according to Rabbi Yaisi, it's a problem, then the whole Truma would, uh, would fall apart. So you hear, you hear these, you see these two different svaras of what a bracha is for. What? The word shema means here. Yeah. So maybe there's a no, but he right now, but he learns from there that bracha, things of speech you have to hear. Things of speech you have to hear. Oh, so the chayra. The problem of the example is the deaf person because the deaf person cannot hear any of the brachot, so he is is. He's uh, free of the when when a normal per, a hearing person doesn't hear it, then then it's right. But if a deaf person, it's it's not not applicable because a deaf person cannot hear the shema either. So he does it by intention. He has his own method of hearing it. Okay, so you're saying by a regular person, even if it would have been biblical. If he wouldn't have heard it, it may not invalidate. Because of noise. No, but the idea that the bracha is a part and parcel of the mitzvah. If you lose the bracha, you, you lose the mitzvah. The chayr should be a blanket, blanket statement. Right. Anyhow, so, the, so if a bracha is about you preparing, I understand those shittas that say you can make the bracha before the mitzvah. Right before it says you make the bracha, says comes and you do the mitzvah. But if it's taka, if the chachamim followed this idea, this logic of actually making it parcel and parcel of the mitzvah. Now, by truma, apparently they didn't do that. But maybe by other mitzvahs, they, the truth is, they never make it part of the mitzvah to say, if you don't do it, you blew the mitzvah. They never say that. But maybe they made it an extension of the mitzvah to the point that you can only make the bracha during the zman. Then I understand the Alter Rebbe and all those that go in that shit. Oh, so coming back to the debate of the Rambam and the Ramban in the beginning, the Ramban wants to know why by Bikurim do we have two mitzvahs? There's the giving of the Bikurim and then there's the drosha that you give. And the Rambam agrees to that. And yet when it comes to Birchus uh, HaTorah, the Rambam only counts a mitzvah of learning. He doesn't count the brach of Birchus HaTorah separately. So some say the Rambam holds Birchus HaTorah is rabbinic. We said the Mabit holds, no, it's deraisa, but it's part of the mitzvah of learning. So then the Ramban Shailas, there's a, you know, it rears its head again. What's the difference of Bikurim versus learning Torah? And the answer is very simple. The Rambam holds that the bracha of learning Torah is not just praising Hashem for the Torah. It's a bracha on a mitzvah. It's unique that it's, that it's biblical. You don't find it by other mitzvahs. It's biblical. But the nature of the bracha, it's a bracha on the mitzvah. 
Mikra Bikurim is something else. You've got to bring Bikurim. While you're bringing Bikurim, there's a drasha you have to say. It's two separate things. You've got to eat carbon Pesach. While you eat carbon Pesach, there's a story, a separate time you have to say. That's two different mitzvahs. But the bracha you make on Torah, it's not that while you're learning, also praise Hashem, which by the way, maybe the Ramban Shitta. The Rambam holds no. It's a, it's a bracha on the mitzvah. And this is the pattern the Chachamim follow to make all their brachas on mitzvahs. So when the Torah says you have to bench on the Torah, it's a, the Torah, the Abish is saying there's a mitzvah of learning, and it's almost like an, a, a beard added to the mitzvah, which is you've got to make a bracha. It's part of the mitzvah. It's part of the mitzvah. Following that, you would say whenever Chachamim said to make a bracha on a mitzvah, they patterned it the same way. That the bracha is always an extension of the mitzvah, and the nafkamina is, it can only be made during the Zman of the Mitzvah, which would lead you to the conclusion of the Alter Rebbe. Okay. So, uh, before, you, uh, before you end, right. going back to your uh, schoolmate, saying the bracha 